1: Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to the Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody. For whoever wants to listen, I am your co-host Steele Russell, joined as always by the one and only Schluter Magluder. What's up, dude? Feeling all
2: right tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Schluter Magluder checking in. Um Yeah, no, really
1: nothing to complain about, honestly. Are you comfortable? Always. You don't look comfortable. No? No. Well it what would me make me look more comfortable? I don't know. You feel you look like you're hunched. I'm Feeling it okay? You know? As long as you're comfy, yeah. Just checking in.
2: Yeah, no, I I appreciate that. That's a good friend. Check yeah, checking in, making sure I'm comfy. No, I'm just you know I think this is my ready stance. Just it's your ready, ready stance. To get into I Like
1: it. that. Yeah. Uh, you're amped up for today. Yeah, I'm podcast. actually on the balls of my feet. Always, <laughs> always fucking ready. Always <laughs> ready. It's steal second right now. I don't know who knows. Well, as you said, not a whole lot going on this week. I will say. We are so close to football season. I'm so excited. I can't even watch preseason because I really don't care about it, and none of our starters are playing. anyway. DeAndre Swift had a nice run, yep. which was nice to see, but I'm so stoked for football and fall, and I put the patio out there in time literally for the fall because what I want to do is get a projector. So when we have night games, I can, Side of your house? Yeah. I'm going to use the side of my house as the TV screen. <laughs> do you like your neighbor's? I love my na- well, that's the good part. So Rich next door, who's gonna see the projector, is awesome. And Rich will probably watch the games with us. The Perfect. other people, okay. I don't care.
2: That's what I was thinking. I was thinking more so less so that they'd complain about it, more so that
1: they'd invite themselves in. Well, you know who I got the idea from? Oh, I see what you're saying. Two neighbors down. They oh. did this last year. Okay. And I was like, okay, that's a great idea. Now that Fire I have my going. side patio, you uh-huh. know what I'm saying? It'll be out there. Let's throw some dogs on the on the grill, a couple of bergs. Couple of the, a couple of glizzies? Yeah, a couple of glizzies. Yeah, we'll be the glizzy gulpers. Yep. Anyway. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, uh, no, that'll work. <laughs> no, I saw today, uh, I'm kind of the same way. I was thinking about going to the game on Thursday night, but with the shortened preseason, I, they don't really play the starters ever. No. You might get a couple of snaps on Thursday night and then nobody on whatever the next game is. But I did see today for the joint practice, it seems like the Eagles were uh, doing some unnecessary hitting on Deshaun Watson love that i love that he deserves all the unnecessary hitting it's not like he can complain about somebody touching him without his consent
1: right Yeah, no he deserves to get fucking i can't believe that they allowed him to like re-enter the league like 30 cases against this man yeah not only that
2: but like like watching nfl live or something like that they'll start talking about deshaun watson and will he return back to the talent that he was in houston it's like Who cares? We're just ignoring all this
1: now. I know that he he had his year. He had his suspension. We're just done with it. It's actually mind blowing to me that it's just glossed over. I'm the same way when people go on TV. Like if I'm watching Sports Center and they're just recapping the Browns, I'm like, you guys are talking about Deshaun Watson like he's not scum of the earth
2: yeah and then they'll go into a segment about how somebody just got suspended for an entire season because he put a thousand dollars on himself to get more receptions isn't that crazy it on yourself roger what goodell
1: what a guy yeah. what a man for all of you that don't watch football just google roger goodell and all the stuff that he's fucked up over the years he deserves to be on bravo and just tear that motherfucker down anyway now that we yeah, have the a, inside the nfl could be a bravo show it really could be a bravo show Get everybody involved and before we get to the Bravo stuff, we need to discuss Barbenheimer. We're getting close. We've gotten a lot of applications. We're gonna set a date for on Friday. I think Friday's episode, we need to set up Barbenheimer. All right, we gotta, date. yeah, we gotta really dwindle this thing down and figure it out. Yeah, we gotta we've gotten a lot of really great applications. Way more than I ever could have expected, as far as the quality of what we're getting. So thank you all so much for the content in them. The things that you're saying are fucking great. Yeah. But if you want, here's the rules, okay? Barbenheimer application. You need to put your name. All right. You need to say whether or not you can make it to Philly. This has to be done at the King of Prussia IMAX because it's the only IMAX theater in the area equipped to handle Oppenheimer. You need to, one, say why you want to see Barbenheimer double feature and two, why you should go with Shooter. And three, you need to bring him a gift and tell us what that gift is. Let me clarify because we got a couple, one in particular that's my favorite one uh, that confused that. Shooter's not giving you a gift. Yeah. You are giving him a gift, okay? And the person in question, I hope you understand who I'm talking about because your application's fucking great. But, uh, email that to us. We're gonna announce a date on Friday, so we'll get it in the books, and you guys can have a date with Shoots Magoots at the Barbenheimer Double Feature. Figure it out. Gotta see these movies. Figure it out. Oh, yeah, he's actually getting antsy. He really wants to see him, so yeah. let's, let's figure this out. As you know, when we have our midweek episode, we like to do our power rankings on the shows. So let's do our power rankings. I want to get some uh, some buttons loaded up on this bad boy so I can have a funny sound. Power rankings.
2: Right in time for us to stop doing power rankings, probably.
1: Yeah, we'll probably come up with the new segment that's better. <laughs> but
2: for now, power rankings. Um, not a lot has changed. I think I am going to flip-flop Atlanta and uh, New York. Okay. But that's going to happen probably every week. So, probably still at the top just because it's just an enjoyable show. As far as the housewives go, New York and Atlanta are kind of like neck and neck, back and forth, pretty much every so week. So you have
1: Atlanta two this I week.
2: Atlanta two this week. Then I've got New York, and then OC. You know, OC is what it is.
1: Oh, see you later. <laughs> Almost. Oh, see you next Tuesday. I think it's got to be getting close. I again, I enjoyed last week more so than I have. The previous weeks, yeah. I'm curious about this week. I hope they're on this better trend. It's interesting. The more I'm reading into comments and stuff, there are a lot of people that are still loving OC this season. They're saying that it's like delivering. That Tamra's actually bringing the heat, and I don't. I don't see it. It's got to be paid bots. Oh, you think it's pink? I love that we yeah, just like, when, when it's a, a bots.
2: negative thing, everybody screams bots. But when they're trying to pump up a franchise that's just not doing well, nobody screams bots. Ah, what's going on conspiracy with that? Bots. No, I mean, I will say I agree with you. I think last week was better, but we can't make a change in our opinion on an entire season just because there was one week
1: that oh, absolutely didn't bother not. us. I'm not like yeah, OC's back. I'm just I would rather watch an episode I don't hate. So I'm glad that last week I at least didn't hate it.
2: Yeah, I, I get that. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's still in the basement for me. I just don't think maybe it's more of a credit to New York has been really good. I hope more people are coming around on it. Atlanta's been steady for us. I know, again, people say that it's not the best season, but I think it's been still pretty steady. And if you try to put that in the same realm as OC, it's much better than OC. Yeah,
1: I, I don't agree don't think with it's that. really a comparison. It's, it's close.
2: Just, yeah, you're going to compare Atlanta to past seasons. Sure, that's fine. But you compare it to OC, it's not even a competition. Atlanta's not going anywhere. There's talks about OC
1: doing things every year. so That's a good point. And I think it's interesting that you brought it up either last week or the week prior. I forget when, but I think a good point is OC does not seem genuine anywhere. None of those women seem like they're actually friends. They seem like everything is fake and produced Mm -hmm. and Tamra coming into the fold. Makes that even worse because she is the fakest out of all of them. She's doing the most for every scene.
2: I think there's something to say about that with them not being friends because I, I that that is how I feel, and I think I did say it last week. However, I was shown a scene, and we'll get into this with New York a little bit later, in which Aaron and Jessel are clearly not friends, and it was still one of the more polarizing scenes of the episode. Oh, the coffee scene. So there's a way for there's a way for these shows to do that. Just because you're not friends doesn't mean there's not some good TV answer, the good TV, whatever you want to call it, in front of you. It just seems with OC they don't care. Like they're not friends and they don't care and they're not trying to make a name for themselves anymore. That's a good point. Camera thinks that she's the star of the show, so she's gonna push that as much as possible. Jen has no footing. I I would like to say that she's trying to find her footing, but she has no footing. And the rest of them have been around for so long. I feel like they don't care and there's no real motivation for them to perform better and try to put themselves in uncomfortable situations to give us better TV. They're just kind of going around about their business.
1: You think they're phoning it in? Yes. Okay. I, maybe I agree. It's,
2: maybe I, maybe they're not phoning it in. Maybe this is just who they are. And they've gotten to this point where they're just comfortable and they don't really see an issue with what they're doing. Yeah, maybe. And I, that's why I wish that more, like you said, you saw a bunch of comments saying that it was a good it was a good OC season. This is going well, blah, 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 whatever. I wish there was more backlash because maybe they'd see it and they'd realize that they're doing something wrong and change it.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. But in light of that, my power rankings, I'll do it super quick. Number one, Crappy Lake. Number two, Rony, but very close to number. I loved this week's episode. Number three, Atlanta. Number eight is OC. And fill in the blanks throughout.
2: Yeah.
1: A lot of Netflix. Uh, every other below weekend. deck. <laughs> yeah. Every 15 yeah. below deck so, shows. Sorry. OC is 25. Yeah. And all of the math. Bruh, bros. You're doing a good job. <laughs> in light of the OC talk, though why I sped through my power rankings. Let's talk Salt Lake because there's a lot Trailer. more. Trailer looks really good. Trailer looks really good. Uh, I, here's my bold prediction for the season. Mary Cosby saves the show and we have a second coming of Salt Lake back to its glory, back to the show I fell in love with mm-hmm. in season one. I think Mary's going to bring the heat and I, got, I posted that today. And I said, is Mary Cosby going to save the season? I got a resounding yes from most people. It's interesting. A lot of people, though, did not like her. I don't think you appreciate what she brings to the TV screen. I'm not trying to say that your opinion is wrong, but you can't look at Mary Cosby as she's more of a character. Like yeah. the, the, the person that is Mary Cosby, she is a cult leader. She is unhinged 24-7. She says things like, Heather asks, do I look inbred? And Mary says yes yeah. to her face. If you don't want that on TV, like, I don't know I how to help you.
2: It, this is exactly what Salt Lake needs, because one, general has gone. And we were wondering what, what this was going to look like. Do they have enough on this show to carry it? We don't think we so. We thought no. But you bring back Mary to kind of, in her own way, kind of guide them towards entertaining TV, if you will. Just a- comedic relief. Yeah, exactly. And obviously, she's going to say some off-the-wall shit you're going to get reactions out of heather you're going to get reactions out of whitney apparently she hates whitney she's going to push that a little bit more that entertainment value that we so desperately need in salt lake that we were so tired of last year jen's gone it's a whole new show essentially leave them on see what happens you've got a star in lisa barlow let her have some fun meredith is hopefully going to be less of a stick in the mud of a stick in the mud that's a good way to put it no idea what we're going to get out of the new girl Not even really going to try to reflect on that. I have
1: zero clue what Heather's coming with.
2: Heather, no idea. I think she's going to be the punching bag all
1: year. You think so?
2: And that's not even like a pun. (laughs) Stupid black (laughs) eye. I do. I think that people are just going to rip her apart all year and it's going to start with Whitney and then everybody else is just going to have at it. I said last week that I wasn't excited. I watched that trailer and I'm excited. So at the very least, they did a good job with the trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I again, it, w- there's not a lot going on around that time either, so it's it should get us through to Beverly Hills, and that's
1: kind of what we want. We got that, and we got Southern, Southern Charm. Charm. I think that it's will carry us. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of promise in the upcoming shows, but there's a lot that needs to be delivered after the past two seasons that we've seen from both shows.
2: Yes. So I, I think agree.
1: it's going to be really interesting, and it's a very... Pivotal point for Bravo, and I keep saying this along the way, like while we're doing this, they're at a crossroads with a lot of these shows where they need to figure out a new formula. And I do appreciate that they're trying stuff. I think we're a little too critical sometimes when they are, and not just you and I, but the audience as a whole. Yeah. I think everyone gets so stuck and set in their ways that, oh, the show's supposed to be like this. It's supposed to look like this. They're supposed to act like this, that it's really hard for viewers to give it a chance when they're like, hey, we're going to try this out. And people immediately crucify. It's like, oh, this isn't what I'm used to. I don't like this. But you right. don't, But you also don't like the current state it's in. So you can't have your cake and eat it, too. Either they shake it up and you watch it to support. And hopefully they figure it out along the way. Or you ride or die for the OGs and the shows go to shit. So, like, what what's better?
2: Yeah, I, and I, like you said, pretty much you find a lot of people in that gray area like with roni Mm -hmm. just loving the old cast but you stopped watching
1: i got in a comment war with somebody on tiktok because she wasn't making any sense she was like i refuse to watch the new one it's no good like i also said that season 13 sucked i'm like well that means that the ogs that you love that you're riding and dying for right now you're dying on this hill of ogs for life you quit on them
2: yeah this isn't a fictitious show that they just replaced the actors in
1: no like this you is, think
2: that they're just going to carry on a storyline and just replace people? It's very they're confusing. And you know what? You get a lot of that on social media. People that just don't make any sense.
1: It don't make a lot of sense to me. I don't get it. And it was frustrating. So I, com- I wasn't rude. I was trying to get to the bottom of it. But she was just she's like, I'm just not going to watch it. I'm like, well, that's weird. It's weird for you to stand on this soapbox of this show sucks when you refuse to watch the show. I don't I will never get that as long as I live. Like
2: just to- as a vendetta against somebody on the show what it sounds like.
1: Oh, maybe. Maybe she got beef with Jessel. Could be. A lot of people seem Everybody to. Everybody does. <laughs> but uh, let's get into some Crappy Lake. And we are back in Benton, and uh, this show continues to deliver. It it hits every week. I, there, I think there was one episode where I was like, meh. But other than that one, and I think, which one was that?
2: I don't know, because I honestly think I've enjoyed it all the way through.
1: I think there was one that was a little bit slower, maybe episode three. But all of them have been enjoyable. And this one is Christmas in July. And I can't get over, and I don't think I ever will get over how invested Luann and Sonia are in this town. Like genuinely, they really appear to give a fuck.
2: Yeah, no, it's, we can't talk enough about how refreshing it is to see that, especially from former housewives, current housewives, whoever. They are fully invested. You can see that they're, ex- they're either the best actresses in the world. Which they are not. Which we've seen them act before, and they
1: are not the best actresses in not. the world. It's okay. Uh, you can't be good at everything. No, it's
2: okay, yeah. Or they're just genuinely having a good time, and they just let their hair down and just went into it with open arms, excited to help out. Mm-hmm. And I think the most compelling part about this entire show is watching each and every person in that town kind of open up
1: to them. Oh, it's starting to warm up, and yeah, like, yeah it's I wild. agree.
2: Like you get these hard-ass Midwestern dudes, like Craig, that like Craig that have been doing the same job for fifty years, it's living in the same town, grew up in the town like that they currently live in, and these two women come in and they hate it. And six episodes later, seven episodes later, they're in love with them.
1: Yeah, five weeks total. I do like that they keep saying the time frame. Like yep. we've been here for five weeks. I'm like, thank you, flowchart that bitch. Bam. Yeah, but,
2: I know. We always need a good time frame.
1: Yeah, I know. It really helps, but. I, I agree. I think it's, it's heartwarming to see the town open up to them and it's heartwarming to see them open up to the town. And that's why we talked about it a couple weeks ago and I had to cut it for time's sake. So I think we should discuss it tonight because the more I watch and I brought it to your attention at the end of the episode, and I don't know if I'm reading too far into it, but Luann says on the season finale of Crappy Lake. So is that saying, oh, we're doing another season of Crappy Lake in Benton? Is that saying we're doing another season somewhere else? Or is that just wishful thinking like, oh, uh, this is technically a season and the season's ending and we don't know what the future holds?
2: I, honestly, I mean, if the two of us can sit on this couch and talk about the ideas of this show moving is forward. what we do. <laughs> then you got to assume that somebody who's getting paid a lot of money by Bravo is doing the same thing. If yeah. not, hire your boys. But I think to answer your question plainly i think what they're doing is they're not sure what they want to do yet so it's better to leave it open-ended and say it's the season finale because then you could just push it and do one of the 15 ideas that you and i came up with
1: what do you think is a better idea do you think it's i think
2: send the two of them to a different town
1: to a different town you don't want to see them come back to benton
2: no should we do like a
1: three-year rotation like in three years, come three back years to Benton? Three years
2: with the cast or three years with, oh, you mean go back to Benton?
1: So okay. go somewhere else for two years, like one place, one place, and then three years from now, return to Benton for a season to see how it's going. Be,
2: I mean, there's countless towns like Benton, though. Oh, I know. I've, do I've so lived many. in half of them. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, this, is, this is just my plan. I would do three years rotation for, for the cast. I would do Luann and Sonia.
1: Oh, I see. Okay. For
2: two other towns, retire them. Okay. And then bring in two two other polarizing ex housewives, current housewives, whatever. If you can make it work, if they're willing to actually do that, That's because if the hard you get, part. I know, and if you get Sonya and Luann to kind of show them the ropes through three seasons, like, hey, we need you to hit the ground running, enjoy this, have fun, just lean look into at it, it, lean into it, and actually care. If you can find the right cast, I mean it's it's a little easier to go with two instead of like seven or eight like you're gonna do on Potomac.
1: No, you can't you just do get, that.
2: You just pick two that are good friends that'll have fun together no matter what. Throw them in a couple different towns and just see what happens. If nothing else, it's a good throwaway show. Just it really it is Peacock. Have some fun. Give us something to watch that's you know 21 minutes long and sell some enjoy. ads. Yeah, exactly. Know. That's all you got to do.
1: But let's get to the episode. We, uh, it's Christmas in July, like I said. we get a leaf blower scene, and um, we get to see Kathy involved in that. You get a little slow motion, like Marilyn Monroe scene where like they're blowing the air and everyone's having fun. But the hotel renovation. I didn't think the rooms looked all that different. I thought it was just new bedding. The closets look better, and the vanities, I guess, look better. But overall, I wasn't like blown away by the renovation. I think that's all they did was just replace just the beds the, and yeah, replaced they the replaced beds, the full beds, new vanities replaced, yeah. and new
2: closets, and then they cleaned the floors, which they did. probably haven't been cleaned. You need to get new carpets. I don't know yes. why they didn't get new carpets. Like just seeing that, like probably time constraints, I'd imagine, or I mean, you gotta imagine carpet? that Bravo's paying for it. Yeah, but it's carpet. I know. I think that they just didn't want. Maybe it's, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time. Five weeks, you know. Maybe, maybe they couldn't stay in it.
1: I don't know. But I think they should have gotten different. I agree outfits. with you, though. No, like the, the carpet, carpet changes is, the room. Yeah. But I did like what they did with the outside. I like the mural. I like the outdoor seating area. And I love that, you know, he gets amped up. Where'd so the hot tub go? It was still there. It was under, But they got a gazebo for it. Oh, okay. Under good. the gazebo right, was right. the hot tub. Yeah, no, it's all. It's nice. It's it's a nice little upgrade. And I like that because I, I feel like Akash throughout this whole thing has, like, feigned excitement a lot of the time He's like oh that looks really great oh cool like i i know that he's genuinely excited and he's appreciative it just he's kind of i think he's a stoic man yeah i would agree when with that. he saw the mural i genuinely saw him be like wow this means a lot to me like this really hit so i i it was nice to see that from him
2: i like um, they still jabbed him too as they were walking him over blindfolded
1: yeah I like that he's yeah, yeah like, you're walking into higher,
2: a pothole Yep. Step higher. Yeah, and... When he was walking into the pothole and they're like, yeah, your, your parking lot sucks. You got to get this fixed. Yeah, next. no, that was funny.
1: Yeah. That was funny. But when they were trying to make him step on an imaginary step, that that had, was funny. That had me go. I laughed out loud. I LOL'd a few times. Big old LOL. A couple LOLs. But boy. The next thing is the song, which is I would love to have a camera in the room with them that they just have like a YouTube video of the whole thing unedited and watch this process happen because Six hours
2: of unedited
1: video of unedited. These two try to figure this song out because it is hilarious that on one end you have Luann the countess who is so serious about this stuff. And look, I appreciate people that take their craft seriously. I'm not trying to shit on her for like taking it to a different level. It's just on the other end you have Sonia, who will literally change the lyrics mid-song. Yep. She's like, Oh, we need to change that, but doesn't tell anybody. She just keeps singing and goes, Yeah, I changed it. It's like we well, gotta tell not only Luann but the pianist what's going on. Yeah. Because we don't know that you changed it.
2: <laughs> no, it's it's a great dynamic between the two of them. And I look, I mean, I don't think I would watch six hours of uncut video watching the two of them click do that. Through it. I would definitely click through it just to see some funny moments. But again, I mean, they're doing how much are they doing per day? They're just all over know. the place. They do they're, seem like it's a lot. from the mayor's office over to the park and then into the town center to go do this
1: song. you got to be tired at the end I'm of the curious day. how long they actually spent in that. Do you think they went back and forth to New York or do you think they actually stuck it out five weeks straight?
2: I, look, I'm a pessimist at heart. <laughs> I don't think they would be this happy if they didn't go back to New York there and again.
1: Like for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. I wonder. Do a
2: weekend in New York in my own bed. Come home. Come back, and I'll have some
1: fun. That makes more sense. Like recharge and come back. And if there's weekend events, maybe stick around. I don't know. That's interesting. But we get to the Christmas in July, and it looks like a blast. Sonia and Luann are look. They look great, but interesting outfit choices when you're going to hang out with a bunch of children. Yep. And it was really funny. And this is why I do like small towns because there's no filters. Yeah. And Craig goes, man, they pulled up, and I uh, said, oh god, they look like hookers. Yep. <laughs> like, no punches pulled. Yeah.
2: Not only that, and they just start interviewing the moms on the street that had kids. Like, yeah, and I know, think they looked beautiful. I thought Sonya's dress was, you know, it was a little short. We saw her thong. We saw her thong. You know, it's okay. It's like, fine. It's just-
1: I, I, I think it's funnier because I don't think they're cool with it, but I think for the sake of both the town's image and their own image, they're trying to roll with Interesting.
2: it. Yeah. I have a different take on that. Actually. I think that if this had happened that first weekend before they had done anything else for the town and kind of gave it good PR, oh, they would yeah. have been like, what the fuck is going on? Like but they know that these them now. women are up here now. They've been here for four weeks. They're having fun. They've done all these different things. They're putting together a talent show. They're trying to raise money for the town. We appreciate what they're doing. All right. Yeah, we can laugh. So
1: that's off. a, it, that's just Sonia moment. Yes, that's they can now say that they're cool. Yeah, they're on
2: our first name basis. I got it.
1: Okay, yeah. I, I like that. That's that's a better, um better take on it. But the last thing is, uh, we get the rehearsal for the show and a stunning, shocking reveal of who they got there, and I don't know how the fuck they got. I would have never imagined. Abdul is a superstar. She's like, she's Paula Abdul and she just shows up to Benton for Luann and Sonia who met her through charity, I believe. Yep. Pretty much. And Paula's going to go in and help out with the dance. I thought that scene was so touching. Dev and I both said the same thing. We're like, I wonder if these kids know who Paula Abdul is. I don't know. I think
2: I thought they were told to just be really excited. And then when you could see Paula walk over to the teacher and the teacher was genuinely excited and started crying. I think you can kind of see a turn in the kids' faces, like, "Oh, wow, she's actually I like a
1: deal." I saw three reactions where I was like, "That's genuine from the girls." I didn't know if all of them I'm were sure like a
2: couple of them knew, yeah, but sure the rest of them, do. you know, who knows? Young kids just getting excited because the other ones are getting excited. As soon as they
1: Google it. They'll be like, "Oh my god, we met her." Like,
2: Maybe. I mean, I don't think that like American Idol to you and I is huge, bro.
1: That's but, not what she's famous for. Sure, it is.
2: Wow. I. I you want to put a poll out? Yeah. I guarantee you. I hope you in get dragged. A, The whole country people remember her from American Idol
1: more than her actual family. I hope you get dra- the oh. the music video of her dancing with the cartoon cat is iconic.
2: Okay. Cool.
1: Wow. I hope I I'm, hope I'm our not fans,
2: speaking for myself I'm saying. I hope you get ripped apart. I'm saying the majority of what Americans mean? You're speaking you,
1: for yourself and America. <laughs> if you
2: put a poll up and say where do you know Paul Abdul from? I guarantee it's probably so tilted in American Idol's favor.
1: I'm gonna put this up. Okay, fine. This is gonna happen. Okay. I don't. I hate. Cool. Don't do that. Yeah, go ahead. I hate when you talk like that. Yeah, go ahead. no so fucking short. You've done this before. Pal. You've been wrong before. You ready to face? So this? have you.
2: You've done, no, oh, you never. Wrong. Wa- wow. Fuck this. We'll be back next week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> We're done, Rony. Next week. Bye. No. But that takes us to Roni, and this might have been my favorite episode of the season. I'm going to tell you why. I
2: think you said that last week.
1: I will say it every week when it rings true, huh. and I think it's, it's a carryover from last week. Last week, I felt, was the most genuine episode that we're getting from this cast. For sure. Yeah. This is a follow-up on that, and I love that in the scenes when they're all together, when there's a funny moment, even though like, they don't all get along, but they don't turn it into a group-ending fight. It's like yeah, some of them aren't getting along, but Aaron still shows up to Jessels' event. Like they are still able to like keep the peace, and when they're all in a group together, they're still able to like laugh and kiki and have a good time. And like that's I think, what I'm all about. I think that's what
2: we're getting with
1: fresh faces
2: on a show. I agree. They're a af- not. I don't want to say they're afraid to kind of split apart, but I mean, if this happened season thirteen of Roni, and you had two mainstays getting into a fight like say dorinda and luann at some point in time would be get into explosive. a huge fight it would be explosive and they wouldn't be in the same room together for nope. weeks because they feel like they're both big enough that they don't have to deal with it yep these women do not have that notoriety they don't have that mainstay on this show so i do wonder and i think this is i mean it's making for great tv and i hope it continues obviously it might not in like five six seasons but we can live in
1: the here and now and just enjoy it live in the now man live in the now man Come on, dude. Come on, man. Just living it now, man. But, but let's dive right into it. And along those same lines of being genuine, we're back with uh, Brynn at the dinner, and she's still diving into her past, and we learn more and more about it. As she previously stated, her grandmother adopted her, but she was scared for years that she wasn't going to be allowed to stay there, and drank a bottle of Dimatap as a first grader to sleep forever, which literally broke my heart. Yeah, like this whole scene really broke my heart, and. What I liked about it, and not like, oh, I'm enjoying this. What I liked about it from Bryn's standpoint, and what we've seen from a lot of these ladies on the show is the genuineness of it. And that's why I talked about it already. I like seeing them be vulnerable and open up to us. We talked about the generational thing, right? How our generation is much more open to being vulnerable, to being emotional, and we want that reciprocated in the shows that we're watching. We don't want to see ice cold people all the time. So to see Bryn open up like this is really touching, but more so to watch the group react to it. Everybody in that room is engaged. They care. They're feeling her feelings. Even if they're not Bryn's best friend, they can sit there in that moment and resonate with her and be like, damn, this story is nuts. You've been through so much. How did you get to be the person you are? That's incredible. Good for you. And it's a look into who Brynn is as a person, right? Like why she is so bubbly, why she is so happy, why she's a little bit extra sometimes. It's because she was insecure for so long that if she wasn't the funnest person in the room, the loudest person in the room, the happiest person in the room, that she wouldn't be allowed to stay somewhere. And that is so heartbreaking, but at the same time, so endearing to see that carry over into her actual personality. Like, yeah, she genuinely seems happy all the time. And yeah, she likes to love her life. She likes to enjoy her life. And she has come from a place that she, she respects where she came from so she's enjoying where she is and I think that's a beautiful thing.
2: Yeah, it it's definitely a beautiful thing and I think that the, the way that they've got this broken down as far as just kind of introdu- introducing us to all of these women on a different level has been masterful so far.
1: Yeah, I really mean has.
2: obviously, you know, look, I mean, you're not going to get as deep of a story as Bryn all of them. You couldn't you'd be crazy to ask for something like that.
1: Which raises questions for me about Jessel that we'll get to later. But I, okay. I said that's, that to remind myself, but continue. Okay.
2: I, I think we will get there with Jessel if that's you know when we get there. But we get that kind of breakdown for everybody. We get to hear about their past and they're doing it one by one. They're not doing they didn't front load it with the first and second episode and just say, hey, we're going to introduce you to everybody and they're going to share their most intimate secret with all of you and you're going to have to pick from now on out who you're going to stand by. No. They're doing it one by one. And it seems organic. And it I think it is organic.
1: That's that was thing. organic. This seems organic.
2: Yeah. No, well, that's fair. But you get to see a little bit more. And I, we got so much out of Bryn. And obviously there's a lot else going on in this episode. But she has so much going on. Sitting down and playing chess later. Yeah. Enjoying the chess, having a little chess she set, went to a chess tournament, never tournament. Never would have expected any of that. That's what we want. And that's we're starting to kind of see why these women were picked for this role, which yeah, I think is that's huge. a good way. We always have questions about casting. We always have questions about, okay, this person is not bringing it on screen. But we never really think, okay, why were they chosen in the first place? They don't have any, yeah, they don't have any on camera experience. They don't have any of this. So we're starting to see, at least with Bryn, obviously Jenna is her own thing. Jenna Lyons has her own thing going on. She's polarizing. She's huge. But Bryn, nobody really knew about her. You get this whole story about her past and then couple it with the fact that she likes to play chess on the weekends and she goes out and parties all the time and goes to cool places and has, craft or whatever the fuck the name of that restaurant is low catch. on the list catch catch we're never going to remember we've made too many uh, jokes about it it doesn't matter crap crap we'll call it uh yeah <laughs> Here Lake. crap um but no i mean we're starting to see why these women were chosen for these roles and obviously you're not going to hit on all of them but when you have somebody like that in the middle of the show i, I expect more moving forward from her because we're going to know where she comes from so when she acts out in certain ways We're going to
1: say, okay, well, look, I know
2: why she did that. That's okay. It
1: makes it easier to understand where they're coming from when shit gets bad. That's a good way to put it. The next thing, Jessel announces to the group that she's having an event at her house for a designer. I was confused about the party once we got there. The friend is the designer, and she is starting her business as a fashion consultant. And it's kind of a joint venture here that like this is her in the know or something it's called is her consulting group. And this is her first event that she's hosting for her friend who is a designer. We'll get to that later. I just wanted to, I was confused about the dynamic of it earlier. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. Well, there you go. Until it happens. Oh, so so you, even when it happened, you didn't know? No, no. When it <laughs> I just fucking broke it down. What do you mean when it didn't happen? <laughs> I didn't know. Clearly <laughs> I knew. I just told you what happened. Don't do that. You're gaslighting tonight. You're a little gaslighty. I guess You walked work. in the door. You smell a little gasoline. I should have known better. I hope not. Did you see that house that blew up? Yeah. Jesus. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. (laughs) Jenna responds with, I have something that night. I can't, I can't be there. I have an event. They ask her what it is. She goes, oh, I, I don't remember. Which you lied twice now because it's not an event. You can say that I can't be there. I'm decorating the, the tree with my son, who Just I don't get to see very often. Tell them what you told the camera. That's I it. Know that, that, yeah. that, that didn't make any sense to me. It made no sense, but you lied about the event, because it's not an event, and then you lied about not knowing. You definitely remember what you're doing yeah, if you're I'm, decorating your tree with your son who you don't see very often, Jenna.
2: I, I'm done giving Jenna the pass on
1: social anxiety
2: and not knowing what to do in social situations.
1: Here's the thing. Uh, she's, uh, Here's the thing. This is going to be surprising. I think that that's her her go-to move. I'm not saying she doesn't experience some social anxiety, but I think that she uses that as an out, though, where she's like, yeah, I don't, you know, I'm not really comfortable in these situations, and in turn she is ab- doesn't feel like she's doing it. able to be like, oh, I just don't have to go now. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah, no, I, I'm seeing, you know, I'm starting to see between the lion, the, ah, the, the lion. starting to see between the lions. Yeah, they, they sort
2: of made that same pun later in the episode, but all right. No, they said lying.
0: Yeah, I know. It's, I said it's, lines. I
1: said lions.
0: And let's be honest, all of the drama. I'll give you a day's worth of celebrity and reality news weekday afternoons in just under an hour. New episodes of Daily Dose of Donna post weekday afternoons and are now available in video on Spotify. Subscribe to Daily Dose of Donna. That's D-A-N-A on your podcast app.
1: I'm killing it today. I'm getting nothing (laughs) in return, man. (laughs) But uh, I got to comment on it. I always will. The food looks fuego. It looks awesome. Yeah. Big fan. I'm glad that... uh, I think Cy needs to let it go as far as the food thing that was goes. Annoying. She needs to let it go. That that being said, I enjoy Sai much more. I think that she's great for this show, but she needs to let the food thing go. The food was not that bad. But
2: the thing with Cy is I like her more because we got to know more about her goddamn business. Yeah, yeah. She's true. not yeah. just a fucking content creator that just sits on Instagram all day and just posts pictures of herself in which you know what maybe we could have done some digging on it. Yeah, we probably. could have, but <laughs> that's <laughs> not our yeah. job. You're supposed to show us show on the us TV, on TV screen. Come on now. But no, it, when they went when they broke down what her actual business is and the way that it grew, I felt better for Sai. I I was like, wow, that's weird. That's awesome. Yeah, Good like for you.
1: Working. That's great. Bio major, dope. You went into the fashion industry and then you wanted to go out on your own and you found this niche in content creation and you're killing it. And also your day sounds like a goddamn nightmare. She's a bio major. And a fashionista. It's Maybe a cool she'll be able story. to design
2: some okay, some cool go. clothing for like a post-apocalyptic world that'll keep Whoa. us from radiation. What the fuck? Think that'll work. Why are we there? I don't know.
1: Okay. Getting there? Okay. Maybe she will. Shoots. Uh, I mean, the apocalypse can't be that far away, so we'll find out soon. Uh, Hopefully she makes it through the apocalypse so she can design some cool post-apocalyptic clothing. So we cause gotta she's save a, her. Because she's a bio major. Whatever. Oh, I get it. Wait, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> like, bro in my head i'm like what are you talking about she's gonna make like atoms and like cool designer looking clothes Temistry. with like atoms are part of biology as well we're made out of atoms don't try to don't see gaslight you all witness this youtube you're witnessing this live or not live. Yeah, Damn just it! I'm steal fucking completely, completely miss it. Let's yeah. get back on track. Yeah, I totally whiffed. I didn't understand. I get it because biology should be able to protect us from. I got it. Uh, in my brain, I'm thinking of biology-themed clothing, which I didn't understand why that would help us in a post-apocalyptic world. Except we'd look great.
2: Read between the lines. Okay, cool. Back to the. <laughs>
1: Did you just read between the lines? <laughs> I gotta go to bed. I can't do this. Back to the episode. The the first scene ends with the cackling hags comment. And Jessel Jaisal, Jessel's going to be a great, great housewife. She is. I can't... I don't like her. I really don't. But what she brings to this show, and a lot of people are comparing her to Ramona, I totally see it.
2: We've got some fans over in England. Can somebody please verify whether or not calling somebody a cackling hag is like a term of endearment? A term of endearment. I like that she said... Oh, yeah. It's like... You, Pip-pip, cheerio, a cackling hag. <laughs> like, what?
1: <laughs> Both so. of those, I think, mean hello, yeah. I think. Cackling I no hag's an idea. insult. And the best part is when she's trying to explain it away, she goes, look, like, Jenna, you cackling old hag. It's like, you didn't yeah, use old, old You didn't use old before. Old's a new part of it. And you just insulted Jenna.
2: And you just showed
1: your true hand. Yeah, but... I love that she blames it on being British and that they're more crude over there. I do believe that. That I they, think that's true. That's true, but yeah, I don't verbally. think that it translates here. And with their food. Oh yeah, their food's ass. All right, cool. Yeah, I <laughs> thought you were going to be really mad about that. <laughs> no, one. British cuisine's not my favorite. I'm going to get okay. dragged by our British fans. But hey, I just I don't like it. Go boil a potato. You'll be fine. That's that's uh, Irish. Yeah, it's okay. Same thing. Yeah. Oh God. Here we go. <laughs> He's Irish. He can say. Yeah, that. I, yeah, I can say that. Yeah, we're about to get some shit. But moving on from that, but I actually respect this move here because Aaron says, do you want to take it back? And she says, no. I'm like, all right, I appreciate that. If you're going to say some stupid shit, at least you stand by it. Like I hate when we get people saying dumb things and then they reel it in They're like, oh, I was joking or this or that. She's like, no, I was joking. I said, I've been joking. I'm not taking it back. I like that she stood by it and I like that Brynn calls her out and says, your shit stinks. Like you're messy as hell. This is sloppy. It's not a good look. You need to clean this shit up, Jessel. And that's when Aaron chimes in and says, you looked miserable the entire time. And this scene for me actually made me empathize with Jessel a little bit more. Because she said, I missed my kids. And a lot of times I would hear that and be like, yeah, whatever. I think that she's going through a lot more. And I'm going to be careful with this. I'm not saying it's postpartum. I don't know. I'm just saying I think that she is dealing with a lot more after the birth of her children the change in the dynamic of her marriage potentially and the lack of sex and the lack of sex life, I think because she's so crude and brash, I think that we're missing out on what's going on with her. And I think the girls start to realize that as well because they have that conversation later when they're sitting around playing chess and they say something's actually wrong. I think she's going through some serious shit. I don't think she knows how to voice it or how to carry herself while she's doing it.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. I think that what we're seeing... We do see a lot of genuine jessel between not apologizing for the cackling hags thing, even when faced with it, even when everybody in the group is staring at you. She still didn't take it back. And to have the audacity to come back and ask Aaron to go to coffee the next day because you're now upset with something that Aaron said is hilarious. And I think that's actually who she is. I think that's how her brain ticks. There are other things definitely in the background going on, and look, like pretty much everybody in life has something going on that they're probably not talking about all the time. Pretty much everybody. I want to know the people that have nothing going on. There's I'd love to some meet those people, people out there, and they're very special people.
1: I don't like those people.
2: No, not a big fan of those no. people. No, nope, no. Nope. Guys can kick rocks. It, they're probably not listening to our show. I <laughs> yeah. don't have like an inner monologue. So, do you know not everybody has an inner monologue? Really?
1: really? Yeah. Oh, my brain doesn't shut up.
2: Yeah, I know. I I talk to myself all the time. Sometimes I verbally
1: talk to myself all the time. Okay. Well, that's a different Sounds look at right. the, the right. brain of uh, Magoots. But the scene ends with Jessel and the sex talk coming back up. And I'm tired of this. I don't care if you like Jessel or don't like Jessel. The sex life in her marriage is a serious thing. And everybody in the group is treating it like it's a ho-hum. Just blow them. Just break the seal just go get in Like clearly there's a lot more underneath this where it's not as easy to just grab her husband by the hand lead him into the bedroom and break the seal like there's a lot here once she moves
2: in and starts talking to her husband about it and then they have a real discussion about it on camera it should kind of stop there let them kind of figure it out like you know what i mean it's run its course to bring it up again and this is a time frame thing again but it's like a week or two later. I know that you guys don't see each other all the time. You probably see each other when you film, maybe a couple of you pair off here and there, whatever. But it shouldn't be that polarizing of a discussion, especially when it's something so intimate in somebody's life. Right. You you talked about it already up front. Sure. Whatever. You got some answers. You didn't get some answers. She talked about it with her husband. She told you she talked about it with her husband. Leave it at that. Let them figure it out at this point. It's no longer your business. Mission accomplished. Because you know what you did? You had her have a real discussion with her husband about something that Look, it probably is bothering her. I don't want to assume her intentions, but it probably is bothering her. She got to have the discussion. Let them go work on it. Don't chime in. You're not really best friends. I don't want to hear you guys talking about it every week. It's annoying.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's time to move on from it and let her and her husband figure it out. But moving on from there, we get the scene between Jessel and Aaron and they're having coffee and they need to sort some shit out. This conversation does not go well. Jessel assumed that she'd be able to sit there and. They would just smooth things over. Instead, Aaron says that Jessel must have been catered to her whole life, and Jessel goes, oh, you're calling me a princess. And then Aaron pretty much says, well, yeah, pretty much, I'm calling you a princess. What I'm seeing between these two is they just do not vibe. They don't click. They don't connect. Aaron doesn't understand how Jessel ticks. I don't think anybody fully understands how Jessel ticks, and Jessel doesn't understand how anybody ticks. Because she just says things and she can't help herself. And that's what leads me to this question. And I don't want to speculate because I don't know her backstory that well yet. But she compares herself to Bryn, to Cy, to having a similar story as them where I didn't come from money. I came over here as an immigrant, worked my ass off, got to where I am. Now, regardless of her upbringing, she has worked her ass off to get to where she is today. I will give her that. No questions asked. I need to know more about her original backstory, only because the two stories that we have heard from Cy and Brynn are so incredible, so amazing, such such big stories of success and triumph and overcoming crazy odds. That if you try to, you know, fit into that group, and your story is not the same, it's extremely belittling to those two. It disregards everything they've been through, and it's a story grab. And again. I don't know, but we haven't heard that. When we heard her backstory, there was no talk of that stuff.
2: No, no, I agree. I think that at least the vibe that I get from Jessel is, look, I don't think that she has as, I don't think she started as maybe lower income as, say, Bryn and Sai have. I think what she's saying is that she built her life by herself. Which is great. It's amazing. That's awesome. But you can't, after hearing those two stories to throw your name in that hat, it better be And I'm not wishing this on anybody, but it better be as uh, like crazy, heart shattering -shattering of a story as what we heard from the two of them. Yeah. You cannot throw your name in that hat. And I think, honestly, it's funny because you say, nope, like Jessel doesn't know how anybody ticks. She can't get a read on it. Nobody knows how Jessel ticks. We now know how Aaron ticks. Yeah. It is four episodes, five episodes in, wherever the hell we are. We know exactly how Aaron Mm -hmm. ticks. When she walked in. Aaron thought maybe she's coming in to apologize to me. Finally. Nope. Nope. Completely off. Aaron is still waiting for an apology yep. for three or four, probably different things that she has written Jesse down doesn't somewhere. doesn't remember those things. No, Jess, doesn't care. She's moved on. She doesn't see any fault in them. I nope. think is the difference. she she's unapologetic. She feels like she's right. She will explain until she's blue in the face rather than just saying, look, I hurt your feelings. I'm sorry. Yeah. Because she just feels like she has the right to do that. And I'm sorry, but that is princess behavior.
1: Uh, that is yeah, straight I mean, up princess behavior. From what you I've gotten from her, are not going like, to apologize. The word princess is not a stretch. No, from what I've seen out of her. No, not to cut you off. Sorry. No, not at all. But that's I get the same vibe. Like when Aaron calls it out, I'm like, yeah, that's that's the vibe I've been getting. And the way that she talks to other people gives off that vibe tremendously. Her so, husband. Oh, I told you. I said it, episode one, no one listens to me. <laughs> um, but she ends the conversation with, "I don't have time for fake friends." Pretty much drawing a line in the sand.
2: Which is fine, though. And I think this is, that's why I alluded to this conversation earlier. I think this scene's incredibly important. While it was somewhat cringy to watch, it was a little upsetting, a little uncomfortable. You watch two people on a show that just don't mesh and they went absolutely head to head, steadfast in their own beliefs, did not falter in one way or another. Obviously, Jessel cried at the end, but they didn't budge. They just stuck with what they had. And they actually, that was like a very sort of passive aggressive of an argument It was a very passive
1: well here's aaron's problem aaron takes things too personally aaron spins things into different narratives that aren't actually being said about her like when when jessel says like i thought you support women or i support women something along those lines i thought it was like a slight dig at aaron but i thought it was a dig like you're not supporting me jessel not aaron you don't support any women anywhere And that's how Aaron took it. I didn't see it that way.
2: I didn't see, look, as weird and uncomfortable as the situation was, I was firmly on Aaron's side pretty much the entire time from the Tribeca comment, which could have been fine if Jessel's just making conversation. She walks in, she goes, oh, I hear this is an up and coming area. If Aaron was mad because she's not a real New Yorker or whatever bullshit that is, then that's on Aaron, whatever. But Jessel doubles and triples down and she goes into it and starts explaining away. And it's like, no, you're absolutely wrong. There's Stop no restaurants.
1: To... It's like it's Tribeca, man. It's There's, plenty Tribeca. Of restaurants.
2: There's a restaurant right next door. Like, shut up. <laughs> but no, it, it, between that comment and then the women comment, I thought that what Jessel was doing. Yes, I don't think that she was trying to take a dig directly at Aaron saying you don't support women. I think in her own way, she's trying to support herself
0: and put oh, herself up like yourself on higher and up. say
2: look at me how dare you talk to me like that. Oh. Not only am I back to work, which you did not mention to Aaron, I'm back to work and I'm supporting women. Yeah. That's me. That's me in a nutshell. Not like you're not supporting women. It's just this is who you're talking to. And like stop stop propping yourself up. Just say, "Oh yeah, I never mentioned that I like it, it just made no sense. Aaron was mad solely because Jessel took offense to different things that just didn't make any sense.
1: Yeah. That's a good way to it put was it. weird. But moving on from there, we get Cy and Bryn. This is the chess scene. We've talked about it already, so we're not gonna get too far into it. But I like this scene because throughout it, one, we get to find out about Bryn and her playing chess. And I I can't say enough about her actually having the balls to like she admittedly is not very good at it. Like she sits down with Cy. I'm not saying she's bad at it, she probably beat me if she plays a lot. But like she sits down with Cy and Cy beats her. And then she goes to this chess tournament and openly says like yeah i'm just gonna get so trashed after this after i get kicked out of this chess tournament and we watch her play this dude who was probably so stoked to be playing brand she probably walked in oh, the god, room yeah. and he was like oh my god like i'm gonna lose to you on purpose Like, <laughs> probably tried to lose you probably did but like she doesn't know how like the machine works like I, clearly it's her first time in a chess tournament but i love that she's confident enough and like comfortable enough in her own skin to like show up to that i love that she dresses up like a harvard law student like in her like Sweatshirt or like crew neck sweater, yeah, she like, wants to
2: be Elwood's real bad. Yeah, that, I, look, that's fine, it's I had totally fine it. because she follows through. Yes, the follow through is super important. If she had just sat there with Cy, whipped out some chess set, it would have been a funny moment. But the fact that she said, Yeah, I do chess tournaments. And we actually got to see it on film that she was in a chess tournament. It was great. It's awesome. That follow through cannot be spoken about enough.
1: Absolutely. But back to the scene in the coffee shop, they're sitting there talking about Jessel and the fact that she takes no accountability, no ownership. All true. But I believe that it's within this scene that they figure out, like, oh, there might be more going on here, guys. Like, maybe we need to lighten up a little bit and get to the bottom of this instead of just dragging her for being an idiot
2: yeah and i like that the three of them were able to sit down and come to that conclusion obviously they had some laughs they made some jokes here and there but the three of them were able to figure out okay maybe there is some more going on erin even said look i'm going to show up to her party because i don't think that was her intention i thought that her intention was to come into the the coffee meeting the day before which a lot of coffee meetings right
1: look i love coffee i would love to have a cup of coffee with you pal play some play some chess I would play chess. I used to play chess when I played baseball. Live stream Like rain delays and stuff. We'd break out the chess boards. Um, We'll live stream that. Live stream shooter and steal playing chess. Yeah, Why not?
2: But I, I like to see that they were able to come to that resolution between the three of them where they're not just ganging up. Like this could have been a completely different scene. We could have seen them turn into a faction where they just start making fun of everybody else and then all of a sudden they're talking shit on Jenna. They're talking shit on Uba, which, by the way, do not talk shit on Uba. Nobody Uba talks is shit on perfect. Uba.
1: She is nothing flawless, wrong with Uba.
2: Flawless. But you're gonna sit there and finally come to the conclusion, like, oh yeah, she's got more going on. What can we
1: do to help smooth things over? Beautiful thing. How in the world is this not on every show? I don't know. It's a great scene, and I like that they get to that because I think you're right. I don't think that Jessel goes into any situation. With malicious intent. No,
2: I think, I think that she, she doesn't read talks. the room. Yeah. yeah. I think she just talks way too fast. There's no filter there.
1: Yeah. So I, I, we're on the same page. But we get to Jessel's event, and it's called The No. So it's launching The No. It's also launching her friend's designer company. It's a lot of who's who in the room, I guess. I don't know these people. I definitely have seen the lady with the tattoo red dots on her face. I've seen the that woman tattoos? before. That's what Bryn said. Okay. Tattooed on her face. Right. And I believe she was the editor. Editor of Vogue. Vogue right seen her before could not tell you who the other people were but apparently they're all big names um so this is a big deal jessel showed up showed out good for her i hate how she talks to pavit i cannot stand it the man's like yeah he put a carrot in his champagne glass is it just having a goof yeah whatever it's, a, with it, him? it's just a goof man sounds like he's a
2: goofy dude that's just hanging out doing some weird shit let him
1: go it's dragged for doing anything i'm happy come on man like let him have it like he thinks he's being funny and cute and you call him embarrassing and say, Don't embarrass me in front of her. Don't do this in front At of other least she people. She
2: did it with man. a smile on her face. It was kind of snide, but that
1: doesn't matter. That's like saying, Go fuck yourself with a smile on your face. It's not better. It's just like, it's like polishing a turd. It's still a piece of shit. Okay. All fair right. Enough. I just don't, I don't like it. There's, it's just not necessary. But that's when we get the scene of Jenna decorating the Christmas tree with her. We find out they're her goddaughters and Beckett, her son. Love the name Beckett. I think it's a great name. Yep. I'm not just trying to give her credit everywhere. I just do I genuinely like the name Beckett. Noted. Jenna Lyons lover. Ah, look. Russell. I still love Jenna Lyons, but I am starting the the uh what you call it. I'm just going to use a rehab uh term here. They call it the pink cloud when you get out, everything's happy and fun. Pink cloud. The, the Jenna Lyons pink cloud is wearing off a little bit. I'm seeing through some of the cracks, but <laughs> <laughs> rehab, terms? rehab term. Rehab <laughs> term. Everybody learned something you new. I just
2: knew that I can't say anything back to that. So, all right. Yeah.
1: So, boom. But um, this is where we get Jessel saying that she's like Sai, that she came from nothing, worked her way up, worked her way from London to come over to the States as an immigrant. And even Sai says, oh, I just assumed you came from money. Maybe it's the accent. Maybe it's how you carry yourself. I don't know. And it's funny that the other women in the group are like, the ones that don't come from money, Like I would love for people to say, I look like I come from money. Like, Bryn says that. Cy says that. Yeah. And then you got Jessel, who's saying that she doesn't come from money. Then she might not. Again, like, we are not making baseless claims. We do not know. I'm just saying to lump yourself in with those two backstories that you're on the same page, risky business. Unless you actually have, like, a big Which story. It,
2: look, I, I, could I, happen. Do, I do think we're kind of leading down
1: that path where we're going to get more.
2: On the backstory for Jessel, because I think she's the last one. Ooh, her and Uba. Yeah, well, We've maybe got that's some what they're doing. with Uba. I, I, that's what I think they're doing. Pretty much rolling out like episode by episode, giving it enough space in between for things to kind of settle, and then letting them kind of take center stage and show it out. Obviously, Brins was way more public, which I think it just does more. It's more dramatic. It does more to kind of make you feel a little bit more. Capture the where audience. everybody's there and it's a real moment. It's not just a confessional. Yeah, but I think what they're doing, like Aaron. While I think Erin's a cool woman now, I you can tell that her backstory is not super crazy and super like deep. They had her do it in confessional. Same with Jenna. Like Jenna, yeah, she worked her way up. She got to the top. She did a great job, but there's not a lot more there. So let's do it in a confessional.
1: So we'll see with building Jessel up to a group breakdown moment where she tells everybody her backstory, possibly. I think we could get that. Look, this is what we do. We sit here and we step. As speculate. long as
2: she doesn't burn too many bridges in the process because at that point if she starts to share, they're going to think it's a
1: move. Yeah, that's has Got to kind of break down and do it within the next two weeks. But I think that she needs to do it next week because the last part of this is we get Aaron showing up and they appear to smooth things over. They both are like, you know, whatever. We're not seeing eye to eye on this. Like, thank you for coming. Yep. Like, I'm glad you came to support and it was a big moment. Like that was a a potential momentum changer. If she did or did not show up by showing up, granted, she was pretty late, but the fact that she's there at all kind of shows Jessel one. And I know why Aaron went there. The only reason she even says it is just to show Jessel that she supports women. I don't think she's trying to smooth things over. I think in the process of doing so was like, yeah, you know what? This isn't worth it. Let's just squash this. Let's move on.
2: She could be smoothing things over for the show's sake. Um, I also don't. Anytime that somebody's like, oh, yeah, I was a little bit late on these shows. Production just held them back. I don't really care. Yeah, it's not like obviously they're going to have her come in last. They're not going to make her go in first and help set up and then do the whole smooth over without everybody else there. I thought that just kind of a side note to the rest of this, with all the important names that walked into that room that we were told were very important names that I didn't hear until today. They were still filming Real Housewives of New York, like on the couch. Oh, that's a really funny point. There's a huge party going on over there having a great time. Look at all these names. This is crazy. Isn't this wild? Hey, we've got six cameras over here. We're going to still film but our that's show. The thing.
1: Over everybody that went to that house knew that. So yes, we might have a lot of big name Bravo fans in I, that room. I would imagine probably. Yeah. But the the final part of this scene is they start talking about Jenna and the fact that she is not at an event. Is this an, uh, an activity worth missing the party for? Absolutely. You don't see your son. It's a, you're decorating the Christmas tree. It's a family moment. You can she miss it. She probably this. knows most everyone in that room. Without a doubt, which also is a reason she wouldn't want to go because yes. she doesn't want to talk to everybody. So this is a good out. But at the same time, oh, wait a minute. Do you think that she made up that she had something to do on Thursday and then just so happened to be like, oh, we're going to decorate like that? She, she decided when Jessel brought it up that she didn't want to go and then figured out what to do that night. So she had something to do. Or do you think that was planned for that night originally i would say the former for oh sure. yeah so yeah, you think i
2: that... i fully agree with you actually now that you just said that because she said that she gets her son for two weeks out of the year yes but we see her at aaron's anniversary party in the next episode and we've seen her at Bryn's giving and we've uh-huh, seen her see, like i'm just saying so look i mean two weeks is a pretty big gap of time i don't think that we went from one episode to another skipping a full two weeks She's going to be at other events. She's going to be at work. She's going to be doing this and that.
1: I think you might be right, actually. I think that, look, that just popped into my brain. Yeah. My, my genius brain right here. But we get Bryn doubling down on the double standard thing. And clearly there is one. And I think that it's been publicly talked about amongst the group. But I like the idea of a Bryn and Jenna beef without Bryn and Jenna actually having any issues with one another. The group is causing the issue is because they get pissed off at Brynn for doing the same shit that Jenna does, but they don't get mad at Jenna. So I like that there's a lot brewing now, and it all between that and the Hamptons. I know. Yeah, there's enough there. There's enough there, right? So like that's why I think I get more excited about this show week to week is I'm like, oh, it's building. You can see the drama mm-hmm. building, but at the same time, the group is not in tatters already. Like they're still cool enough to hang out, talk, laugh, have a good yeah. time. We need the good times. We need them. They are essential to enjoying the season. So if you're not watching and you're listening to this right now, like please just just watch it. Trust us. It's it might take you a little bit to buy in. But it's good TV. It's good. It's a good Bravo show.
2: Yeah, and at this point, you've got like seven episodes that you can just binge right now.
1: Yeah, we all love to binge. We love to binge. Do it on a rainy day. Yeah, do it on a ra- do You know what? Fuck, hurricane call season's in to in? Call into work. <laughs> call into.
2: Yeah, we talked about hurricane season yeah. again last year.
1: Hurricane season's coming, and oh yeah, probably back
2: off of that one. Yeah, actually.
1: no. Uh, look, just take a day off of work and binge it. You'll have a good time if you do that. I'm gonna make you a deal. If you take off a day of work and you're not a Rony watcher and you watch the whole thing, we will pay for one DoorDash for you. That's a good deal. We will DoorDash a meal of your choice to your house. If, one, you you have to take off of work to do this. You have to show us the email. Yep. We need the email of your sick day. All right? And then we will order you... Doordash, dash but you also have to write a small synopsis of the episodes that you watched not all of them just like a paragraph when you're done however many episodes you're gonna have twelve thousand Doordash door dash orders to pay for i no no, no it's only one person's gonna oh win. only one person yeah, only all one right, right, right. so read the fine print guys yeah, read the fine print don't don't speed through the contract you don't know <laughs> what you're signing but that takes to the question portion of the show so let's jump right in from Laura Conan Levine. Laura Conan Levine. I, mean, I think I got that one. I've been better at names lately. Yeah, not bad. Do you think all of the new Rony cast will make it to season two? Yeah, I think so. As of now, yeah. yeah I want
2: I, them all back. If The only thing I could see is Jenna not wanting to come back, mm-hmm. just based off of her how we've life. seen her, and yeah. not even her actual life, just her inability to show up for things
1: yeah i think that
2: stick around have fun like it just doesn't seem like she's having a lot of fun
1: i don't i still can't get a read on her from prd 773 says out of all the new roni cast who do you think would be the first to leave i agree with you i think it's Jenna. Jay, yeah but um like that i just put two questions into one moving on that was good boom from cat cat ba- Ballas, they say they were friends previously but i don't think they were what do you think who I don't all the know all of them? them. I think a couple of th- them probably were some friendly. of
2: them. We know that Bryn and Cy are friends or friendly. Um, Jessel knows Jenna. Aaron supposedly knows Jenna. So I think there's some like inner workings there, but I don't really think that deep down any of them are actually friends or
1: like, have been friends tight. for years I mean, now. Aaron actually outed herself on a podcast saying that she did not know Jenna before. Yeah. Okay. So, that makes sense. Um, I don't know, I, but I also feel like it's, Look, we hear this argument a lot, and I don't disagree with it. The shows are better when they are friends, when they have a history, 1,000%. I don't think anybody's here disputing that. I think that it's a dangerous game to play when you just want everybody to be friends. I don't think it's realistic as far as casting goes, because you're not going to get a group of women in New York City like you got originally, right? Like It's not the same atmosphere as it was when they started Roni, the OG Roni. Because things are different. They're social media. These women are much more in the limelight than they were back then. Like, back then, these shows weren't as big until they finally took off with Teresa flipping the table and all that shit. But now, if you're a housewife, it's a 24-7 job on social media. Like, you're constantly under scrutiny. And I feel like a lot of women that are in groups of friends, it's hard to find six to eight like-minded friends in that space like yeah let's all put our shit on tv yeah that's what flip, i
2: think the flip side of that is i mean obviously what we have where they're not that close and i think it's making for good tv and you can allow them to get closer as filming continues and we get deeper into the seasons what i don't want is that in between space where two or three of them are really good friends and then the other three are on the outskirts because it immediately puts in a faction and obviously they're going to talk shit on the other people yeah so that's not fair either
1: from Babs Taylor, am I the only one not excited for Mary to come back to Salt Lake City? No, you're not the only one, but you're one of the few. Yeah, I would agree with that. From Marissa and Palma, this will be our last one. This is a great question. Which Philly neighborhoods would you place each of the women, i.e., Aaron's in Tribeca? This is a go. All right, like for them to represent each area. Yeah, they represent a Philly yeah. neighborhood. Um, Let's start. I'll, I'll name them. Okay. And then we'll go through. So Jessel first.
2: Uh, Jessel. I'm gonna put her in. Tough one, Delco probably. <laughs>
1: okay. Yeah. That. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna put her in Delco. I didn't see that coming. All right. Jessel's in Delco. Tough shit. Um, uh, let's go,
2: Aaron. Aaron is the main line.
1: Oh, good call. Yeah. Great call. Um, I agree. I, so far, you're two for two, only because jessel and Delco sounds really fun. Yeah, no, that's what I was um, going for. Okay, Bryn. Bryn is Northern Liberties. I say like Fairmount.
2: That it's sort of. I would. I would say the same thing. Same yeah, yeah, just vibe. yeah, it similar it's, vibes. It's, it's all the same vibe. It's a. It's a younger crew. They all go out. They have fun. And there's bars everywhere, and they're always looking to go out and have fun.
1: Yeah. Um. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Psy, similar.
2: Psy Psy is Psy. tough. Um. Town. that's still northern liberties to me um oh um rittenhouse i was gonna put jenna at rittenhouse so put jenna
1: in i don't want to put psy in south philly though no so i don't go to south Philly. or northeast or rock you know what you can put brin in south philly and you can put psy okay that in
2: works yeah Bryn, put brin in south philly we'll put psy in fairmount slash northern liberties and then jenna in rittenhouse
1: yeah did we do we miss one? Uba Uba, oh, she's at the top of Liberty One in that swanky penthouse. That's yep. where she is. Yeah, without a doubt. <laughs> yep, nailed it. Right next to Joel Embiid. Joe does have a house yep. there, or an apartment, a condo. Did, yeah, I don't know if she he does anymore. Up. You know they always party at Jean George. That's where they yeah. go. Yeah, I didn't know that. Should we go like crash it one night? Yeah, why not? First, did it. Just go like seven days in a row, and we'll catch. Up yeah, eventually. we'll get in there eventually. Yeah, just keep trying to sneak under the red rope. Mm-hmm. Come on, it's not gonna work. Come on. We're the guys. Listen. We're the Brav, bro. You haven't heard of us? Come on, Joel. Joel, seriously. Come on. Come on. Come on. Am I running this in the ground? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but that does it for us. Um remember to follow us on our socials at Brav underscore bros. Follow us on YouTube. Every time I do that, I want to say Instagram. I don't know why. Follow us on you. See, I did it again. Instagram. Subscribe on an Insta Fuck YouTube, baby. Subscribe and click the subscribe button. We're out of here. I'm I'm failing fast. See you Friday. Bye.